And welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. I am your co-host, AJ, here with my brother, Tyler. We are back to talk college football, baby. Week eight of college football, to be exact. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. We hinted at it last podcast. We got four top 25 on top 25 matchups going down. And then two other pretty interesting games that we picked out of the lineup for you guys that we're going to go over to. Yeah, really good slate. We seems like we've had good action uh, for the last several weeks, but really good slate of college football. Big matchup going down in the Big Ten. Also got Utah, USC, Tennessee, Alabama. Lots of interconference big time matchups going down. Before we preview those, just want to remind you guys as always, make sure that you give us a follow on social media at Saturday Six Pod and give us a rating or follow, a listen. Anything that you can do to help us uh, reach new people and continue to grow the podcast. We enjoy it, and we hope that you are as well. So without further ado, let's go! Let's go! First matchup. Again, let's not let's not wait around. Let's just get right to it, baby. Top 10 matchup. Biggest one of the week probably going down. And it's in the shoe. We got to go to Ohio State, number seven Penn State. Going to visit the number three ranked Buckeyes, and the Buckeyes are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Should be a pretty good game, man. This is one that uh, we had circled in the preseason because it was going to definitely play a role in in the Big Ten. Yeah, this is an incredible game. I mean, you, you got playmakers all over the board, left and right for both of these teams which is going to make this one so interesting on Saturday. I think if you're Ohio State, you're probably pretty grateful that this one's at home. I know that they've handled Penn State pretty well over the years. However, this is a very good Penn State team with Drew Aller at the home and Katron Allen and you know all the running backs that Penn State has. And they boast a pretty good defense too, which I'm very interested to see. This is obviously going to be their toughest test yet. They're going up against Kyle McCord and the host of weapons he has around him, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mike Agbuka, Travion Henderson. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm looking for a, a, a huge offensive showdown. What about you? Yeah, I I do like Penn State's defense. I think that might actually be one of the best matchups that we see on Saturday. Penn State has got some corners, Jalen King and a couple of other guys that are going to be day one, day two picks in the NFL draft, like some really elite corners of some really elite players in that secondary. So I think they actually match up pretty well with this Ohio State offense, especially you you touched on the playmakers they have on the outside. I think they I think they match up pretty well, actually. And then you've also got guys that can get pressure on the quarterback, Chop Robinson, I mean, his draft stock has skyrocketed. This guy's probably going to be a first-round pick as well. He can get after the quarterback, kind of bend the edge, really uh, lanky um, speed guy coming off of the edge there for the Nittany Lions. So uh, it's going to be tough because, like, we've seen Ohio State at times look pretty good on offense and then at times kind of sputtered. Like, against Notre Dame, I expected them to score a few more points and score 17 in that game. I mean – you're running into a tough defense here for Penn state. When they've got the ball, man, you touched on the backs. 
I do expect them to try to establish a run game here. But I I kind of expect them to to try to be a little more explosive on offense too. Like Drew Aller's been a decent quarterback so far this year, but it's because he hasn't thrown the ball past the line of scrimmage very much. I mean, all of all of their throws are right there around the line of scrimmage. They haven't taken very many shots. So if they have it in the playbook, I expect them to break it out here. I think Buckeyes being at home, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes in this one. I'm going to take them to cover that four and a half, but I, I'm not super confident in this pick, and I can very easily envision a scenario where Penn State comes out with the road victory. Yeah, I think it comes down to me is we really haven't seen either one of these teams be uh, play anybody, really. I mean, Ohio State had Notre Dame, and that was a horrible game for Ohio State, regardless of the lot of the win. Um, but th- these teams really haven't, you know, seen a whole lot of adversity or been tested very much. So I think it's going to be very telling. I'm with you. I think Ohio State can cover this. I think that they just score way too many points, and it's going to be tough for Penn State to keep to keep up. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick the Buckeyes here. I actually think it's going to be a little little bit more low scoring. I see both teams potentially scoring in the 20s here, but I like the Buckeyes enough to win 28-23, something like that. So, But let's move on. Let's head to the SEC for a great top 25 matchup, a game that last year was probably the best game in college football. Could it resemble that this year? We may just find out. The third Saturday in October, you know what happens. Tennessee takes on Alabama. This time the Vols are going to Tuscaloosa. And we see Alabama sitting as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite right now on DraftKings. A little bit higher than I might have suspected it. I know Alabama's obviously got the talent edge, but Tennessee won this game last year. Both teams only one loss. Alabama's obviously the higher-ranked team, but I think this could potentially set up to be another great game like we had last year yeah i'm just nothing really pops off the page uh with this matchup like it did last year i mean last year you could rattle off the amount of uh nfl players that are now playing on sundays on both of these teams and this year i mean we've got questions about both these quarterbacks you know, can these teams get a run game established to help those quarterbacks out? Because we know that neither one of these teams are really passing the ball all that well these days. Um, it's a lot to ask for a nine and a half point spread. I mean, I I see this being a very low scoring game. I do think that it helps Alabama being at home, but. This game leaves a lot to be desired for me. I'm going to take Alabama nine and a half, but I'm very weary about it. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's low scoring. I think it's a run heavy game. I think Tennessee tries to get Jalen Wright, that running back involved, like we saw last week. I think Alabama leans on their run game as well. I think we see a mixture of those two backs that they run out there between Jason McClellan and Williams. I think Jalen Milrow probably uses his legs a lot. For this Alabama offense, it's like they kind of started the season under Tommy Buckner, the offensive coordinator, like trying to kind of dink and dunk their way down the field like they were last year's Alabama. And then they finally realized, okay, we can either run the ball 
or we can just throw deep shots with Jalen Milrow because he, I mean, he's not the most accurate passer, but he throws a damn nice looking deep ball. I mean, you got to give him that. So when Alabama has been able to score points, it's on these big explosive plays. So can they kind of work that play action, those big shots off of the run game? I think they can. But again, like I said, low scoring, I think, because it's a run heavy game, a little bit faster game. I think both of, it's like the biggest contrast possible from last year. Right. Like, it, like last year's game was 52 to 49. And Dr- it was just points left and right and throwing the ball all over the place. And this year, like, I don't think combined they score 52 points, probably. <laughs> you know, I would, uh, agree. I would agree with you 100%. So. For that reason, I think I'm going to take Tennessee to establish enough on offense against a pesky Alabama defense. They've looked really good on defense so far this year. I think they get enough done to cover nine and a half, but I am going to take Bama straight up. Let's keep it in the SEC for a second. There's another SEC matchup that I think is a little intriguing because you're talking about a number 13 ranked Ole Miss Rebel team that is not out of the SEC West standings. I mean, this is the last year that we're going to have divisions in the SEC, and Ole Miss has not been to an SEC championship game in a while. It's not out of the picture. But first, they got to go to Jordan-Hare and take on an Auburn Tigers team that is not ranked in the top 25, but we've seen them play some teams pretty close that people thought were better than them. And the Rebels are only favored by six in this game. So I, I think Vegas is maybe hinting at, at a close game here. I wanted to touch on it because, like I said, I think it plays a big factor in how the West could shape up. If Alabama wins this week and Ole Miss loses, then obviously Alabama's running away with this division. But if Tennessee manages to get a win and Ole Miss somehow pulls this off on the road, like are we talking about the Rebels might be in Atlanta? Potentially. What do you think? Rebels? Tigers? Interest? Yeah, interest is surrounding this game completely. I think this is uh, probably one of the better SEC games that we got going on this week, actually. I mean, Ole Miss, they've done some incredible things already. You know, they're having a really good season. Jackson Dark and Sean Judkins, I mean, you love to see it. And then you touched on it. Auburn has played some teams closely, especially in Jordan-Hare, which is – a extremely tough environment to play in. They've played some really good teams pretty close. Georgia, I mean, they kept it way closer than anybody thought they should have or would have against a uh, number one Georgia team a few Saturdays ago. So I think that, that could be a very tricky thing for Ole Miss. Also, it is just that much tougher for a team to prepare to play another team when that team like Auburn runs two quarterbacks in their offense pretty consistently. It makes it tough to game plan against, and it makes teams like that a little sneaky. Auburn has potential here. Being at home helps them a lot. But can you stop this Ole Miss offense, who we have seen week in and week out, produce very quality wins? So what do you think? Are you going to answer that question? You got to you got to lean. Hotty toddy Tyler. Oh. Give me the Rebels. The cover they're looking six. they're looking too good, man. And let's talk about 
potentially the best uniforms in college football. Potentially, the powder blues are clean. Potentially, it's powder blues are clean. It's like that, and like North Carolina's kind of similar vibe. North Carolina's a little more cloud blue, but those Ole Miss uniforms are clean. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Auburn to cover the six, but Ole Miss straight up. I think like winning by a touchdown in Jordan Hare, like Georgia barely did that. So I, I, I trust Ole Miss to score some points, but I also think this Auburn defense is getting better as they play. Can they run the ball? Probably. I mean, they got Jarquez Hunter. I think this Ole Miss defense is a little soft up the middle, so I think they probably can because they're going to have to. Like The quarterbacks are just not getting it done through the air, so can they run the ball? Can they make this a shorter game? If they can do that, if they can protect the ball, obviously. If they can make a play or two on special teams, obviously, then I think they have a chance to keep this game close. But i like the Rebels to win the game and set up a big showdown down the road with Georgia. So uh, got a lot of interest in this game. I'll definitely tune in. All right, let's recap it. We got three games on the docket already. Penn State, Ohio State, we're both on the same side. Ohio State minus four and a half. We're going to ride with the Buckeyes. Tennessee, Alabama. I've got Tennessee plus nine and a half, but Bama's going to win that game. You like the tide to cover that big old fat spread. And then Ole Miss and Auburn on opposite sides as well. You like hottie toddy, hottie toddy Tyler, baby. He's back. He's going to take him to cover that six. And I got Auburn plus six, but Ole Miss straight up. Let's head into the last three matchups here. We're going to go ACC two games in a row because we got some good ones. Number 16, Duke Blue Devils on the road. Got to go to Tallahassee and face off against those Florida State Knolls sitting in the top four in the country. 14 and a half. Got to pick Florida State to win by more than two touchdowns in this one. If you want to ride with the Knolls, what say you, Mr. Tyler? This is a tough one, man. I mean, everybody's talk of the town, talk of college football is this Florida State team. I mean, even going into the season, we knew that this was going to be a very good Florida State team led by Jordan Travis, and it has lived up to every moment of it, if you ask me. But this Duke team is a little bit of a sleeper. Riley Leonard, man, I mean, he is a dog, and he can get it done. Is he healthy for the game? Right. To be determined, but if they can somehow just trot this kid out in a freaking wheelchair for all I care, (laughs) he can give Duke a shot at winning this. Um, Unfortunately, though, I think this is Florida State's year. I'll I'll die on the hill. I have them in my playoff. I have them as the ACC champions. Jordan Travis to Keon Coleman. You got Trey Benson. Just dogs everywhere, man. And that's not even to touch on their defense, which has been one of the best in college football this year. I mean, they're only allowing 100 yards rushing, 200 yards through the air a game. Pretty good. I'll take the Knowles. I think we're going to be on opposite sides here, and I'll tell you why. I think I think this is another low-scoring game. And again, 
I think that this is a good matchup for this Duke defense. Like Duke's actually got some guys at DB. They match up really well with Florida State. Now, don't get me wrong. Keon Coleman, dog. <laughs> I mean, Johnny Wilson, dog. I, I think I think they're kind of carrying Jordan Travis at this point. Travis has played pretty well. But as far as, like, if you want to start talking Heisman candidate, I don't know if he's there. He's not there. Keon Coleman is a dude, though. I mean, he he, he has a very legitimate shot at winning the Blitnikoff Award. And he's been causing problems for a lot of people. But we saw Duke. Now, this is a Duke team that shut down Clemson. Let's not forget that. I know that was week one. So, we, you know, we have our little recency bias sometimes. But they shut down Duke and... They really kind of shut down Notre Dame, too. Uh, let's not forget that game either. I think this is a really good Duke defense. If you can get Riley Leonard out there, like that's the biggest issue. If you can get him out there, I think you have a very good shot of covering this 14 and a half. I think he plays. I think they have just enough on defense to slow FSU down. I think it is a game played in the 20s. I'm going to take Florida State to pull it off, but I'm taking the Dukies. Blue Devils, 14 and a half. I'll take them plus those points. Riley Leonard coming off that ankle injury is going to be tough. I mean, part of the reason he's such a legitimate threat in the ACC is his legs. So something to keep an eye on. Can FSU contain him on on a bum ankle? Might make this game... Interesting. Absolutely. That's the part that makes me the the most nervous. If he's not in this game and Duke is just not able to get anything going on offense, then I think that spells trouble for my pick in that one. But we shall see. Come on, Mr. Leonard. Strap it up. Tape that baby up. You know, inject something if you have to. (laughs) Get out there for us, please. Clemson and Miami. Let's stick in the ACC. Now, neither of these teams are ranked right now, but they're both four and two couple of tough losses, but not totally out of the ACC picture here. Both of these teams could potentially, if some things went their way, work their way back into this ACC picture. Hurricanes are a home underdog. The Tigers are favored on the road by on the road by three. What do we think? Clemson Tigers, Miami Hurricanes, not a ranked matchup, but could be a very, very good game. Yeah, for from what I saw out of Ty Van Dyke a week ago, I, I was pretty impressed. That matchup that he has with his receiver, Xavier Restrepo, mm-hmm. is probably one of the best quarterback wide receiver tandems in the country. I mean, the chemistry that they have is incredible, and it seems like Restrepo's number is always getting called. Dude makes some freaking plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but Clemson's got some dudes, too, by all means. And I do think it's it, it's very interesting with sitting at two losses, like you touched on. I mean, you got to go out there and earn it, and you got to take it, and a few things got to fall your way. But neither one of these teams are completely out of this ACC race by any means. Um, it's a big game. <laughs> I don't know if I can take Mario Cristobal in a big game these days. Right. Uh, he's made some boneheaded mistakes. I think – uh, Clemson and Clemson's roster is built for these big games. I think they find a way to just eke it out. I'll take Clemson. Clemson minus three. I like Clemson minus three. It's a close one, though. 
I'm not super confident. If Miami comes out here and does what they did against Texas A&M to Clemson, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I'm really interested in this game because, I mean, you touched on it like – I really like this Tyler Van Dyke kid. Like he he's looked really good so far this year. He was he was up and down last year, and a lot of people kind of wrote him off after having a good sophomore year. And he's looked really good this year. The defense is actually kind of rounding into form too. Like, sure, North Carolina lit him up last week, and the Georgia Tech game was ugly. But I don't think that was the defense's fault. Let's not talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> and then they looked good against Texas A and M. So. I don't know, man. This Clemson program is tricky for me to figure out. Like, where do they stand at this point? Like, are these the only two losses they suffer this year and they go 10-2 and like they have a couple years in a row now and just fringe playoff team for the next few years? And Or are they legit contenders? Or do they lose another couple of games this year and really fall off the wagon? Like, they have the potential for any of those things to happen is the thing. There's right. such a weird just, team to follow right now. It, it's weird because, you know, Dabo Swinney, he's going to die on the hill of this whole transfer portal thing. And that that honestly may be his downfall. Like, that may be what gets him kicked at Clemson. Like, this, this world is just changing so much in the world of college football that if you are just going to die on the hill of we're going to recruit high school players only and we're going to honor those kids, like you're going to miss out on some guys and you're going to have some some spots on your roster every other year or so where you had an unexpected guy leave, turn pro early, or transfer to another program. And instead of plugging and playing a guy that would love to come to your program and can start for you, you're going to be starting the true freshman or you know the – the walk-on guy that you give a scholarship to. I mean, I don't know. It, that's a subject for a different day. We can touch on that if he's still there in the offseason. But I don't know, man. I like Miami to bounce back here. Is that crazy? I, I might take him straight up. Like, Not crazy at all. I'm, Especially, I, I mean, what, you kind of have to cut, pick him straight up. A three-point spread. Right. Come on. If you're going right. to take him, take him straight up. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Screw it. I'll I don't hate it. it. I don't hate it. Miami, Miami Hurricanes at home. Is there any is there any field advantage in Hard Rock Stadium? Not at all. There might be more Clemson fans there, but maybe that motivates Miami to get it done. Um, but I expect it to be a good game. Will not be shocked if Clemson pulls that one out either. So, all right, let's hurry up and head to the last one. Let's go out to the West Coast for the first time this week. Finish up this Saturday six Pac twelve showdown at night. Pac-12 at night, you know, some crazy stuff might happen. Number 14, Utah on the road against number 18, USC Trojans. <laughs> Seven-point favorite are the Trojans. What are you laughing at? Cam Rising, question mark? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> is, that your, is that your note, Cam Rising, question mark? I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, right? I, at this point, though, like, I'm just – I'm going to operate under we will not see Cam rising this year unless I see Cam rising out there. Like, that's Dude, just what, that's what I'm going to operate our ESPN as. Top 100 podcast, I went on a tangent about how this guy should be ranked above some of the quarterbacks that were ranked before him. 
and now he has he zero doesn't get passing a... yards this season. <laughs> zero he's games trash. played. He's oh, trash. Gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna operate as if he's not coming back for the rest of the year. And then if I get surprised in a couple of weeks or whatever, then so be it. But I'm gonna operate as if this is a Utah team with a backup quarterback, but this is a Utah team that can run the ball, that is very physical plays a pretty damn good brand of defense, especially for the Pac-12. And do I need to touch on my thoughts about USC? I thought the last podcast was pretty clear. Anytime they run up against a semi-competent defense, I'm feeling shaky if I'm a Trojans fan. I'm just saying. I completely agree with you. The only thing is, is yeah, you got a very competent Utah defense. I like their defense a lot. I don't think they're quite as good as they were last year, but they're still a pretty darn good defense there in Utah. I find the issue with even if this defense isn't is good and, and can hold Caleb Williams to a human style performance and he doesn't put on any Superman acrobatics in this performance. I don't know what you get out of the Utah offense that has them sitting at number 14 right now. I mean, it was a horrendous loss to Oregon State. They barely equaled out against UCLA. It's not pretty against Baylor. They're, they, they've got one, two good games so far on their schedule. So I, the freshman quarterbacks bother me. I think it's – I think this is where, yes, I think USC stumbles a little bit and it takes them till the second half to kind of find their way and what's going to work for them. But I think Caleb Williams has what it takes to just will a team to a win. It's different than when USC was playing Notre Dame and Notre Dame has a pretty – good offense i mean it's a capable offense i don't see a lot out of utah and i think usc can pull this one out i think it's a bounce back game for them by and more they than a touchdown this one. though i mean this is a yeah. utah team that beat usc twice last year and they had caleb williams i mean and they i don't know bro like it, it's utah had cam rising <laughs> it's I'm definitely it's definitely a contrast of two styles, right? Like the offense for USC, really good. Second points per game in the nation, 47.3 points per game. Total yards per game, they're ninth in the country. Defense yards per game allowed, 96th. And then on the other side, Utah, like points per game, 111th. Total yards per game, 117th. But yards per game allowed, ninth. Points per game allowed fifth. Like, they play really, really good defense. And I think they shut Caleb Williams down. I think they I think they limit him. I think they could force him into some bad throws like we saw him do three times last week. They've also forced a lot of turnovers this year. I think they can think they can capitalize on that. I'm still going to take USC to eke this one out, but there's, I just see no way that they're winning this game by more than a touchdown considering that those games were so close last year and Utah won both of them. And I haven't seen a ton out of this USC def- this USC defense, but team in general that makes me think that they're going to blow out a Utah team, even if they are at home. 
I just I don't like what I've seen from Utah's offense, but I mean it makes sense. What you're saying makes complete sense. I just I don't know how many points Utah can score. And I think USC needs a little bit of a bounce back game here. You're battling for fourth best in the Pac-12 here, so you know. Damn, that's true. You are. I'm taking Oregon State ahead of both of these teams, and that's obviously true. Oregon and Washington are up there too. Yeah, that's true. Wow, we've come so far since the Pac-12 championship game last year. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh man, that was a, that was a fun one, man. Any final thoughts? That's six picks against the spread. I'm gonna go six and zero this week. It's my turn. Yeah, I don't know about that. That that's a record <laughs> that might be up there for a little while. That's a hard thing to do, man. I mean, six and zero against the spread is shut tough. up. And yeah, I'm not trying true. to and not pat myself on the back, but we've been chasing that for a while now. Yeah. And I think it was a little bit easier with the lower spreads, but. We got a couple big spreads here that makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week of college football to watch. Thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate that if you're doing it. Until next time, for my brother Tyler, I am AJ, and this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We will see you again soon. And this is the conclusion of Brocktober. No, no.